Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of Bobo's Void. I'm here today with a an incredibly special guest for an incredibly special episode. Shade or Michael, how how should we refer to you today? I think everybody in the Discord refers to me as Michael, but yeah. usually I go by by Shade. That's my internet handle. But whatever works for you yeah. is fine. Okay. Maybe we should stick with Michael since that's how people have started yeah. referring to me in this Discord. Okay, we'll stick with Michael. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give some context into how we know each other, why we're here. So basically, I met Shade. I met Michael through my Discord, which if you're not in there, like, what are you actually doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? And his brain is just incredible. His mind, wow. So, of course, we had to do an episode together. Just the other day, we were talking in my Discord and on my Instagram stories about inner monologue and the idea that some people actually don't have an inner monologue and their minds are either just silent or they process the world through visuals and just like abstract um shapes and and sounds and 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 that led to a conversation about the ego and the purpose of humanity and all that good stuff so now here we are uh do you want to give some context about yourself who are you uh what planet are you from <laughs> let's get I guess into I'd be, it well i am I'm an Aquarius, so I guess of I'd be from. Of course, you're an Aquarius. Wow. Of yeah, course. it's it all It'll comes make together sense. now, right? It'll make yeah, sense. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'd be from Uranus, since that's the ruling planet of Aquarius. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm <laughs> I'm originally from. Well, I'm originally from the cosmos, bitch. Of course. <laughs> but after that, I'm from uh, a place called Waterford in connecticut of the united states of america mm. it's like uh it's very white new england suburbia that's where i hail from oh wow okay uh, yes yep so i've been living in central massachusetts for the past six years i'm currently in illinois visiting a friend mm. um what else is there to know about me i'm an aquarius i'm a life path nine which means i'm ready to be done you're ready <laughs> you're done with this plane of existence you're done this is the last <laughs> the last time i'll be here how do you feel about being on your last life like how do, do you feel like yeah. an old like so i'm actually a life path five but i'm convinced <laughs> that like actually this is my last life so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how is that yeah. experience for you are you excited to go are you enjoying being alive I, how do you feel i'm definitely enjoying being alive mm. but i have for for the longest time i've been very um very interested in things that are ethereal um, some of my earliest attachments were to, I don't know if anyone's an X-Men fan, but there's a character named Jean Grey, who later becomes the Phoenix, which is the psionic embodiment of all life in the multiverse. Mm. So very ephemeral, very ethereal, very cosmic. Um, I've just been very interested in those things. We had also touched on in the Discord, like uh, formless, shapeless, flowing existence, as opposed to a fixed shape, like a 
you know, a human material body. Mm. So I've, I've always been interested in things that exist outside the realm of, you know, typical corporeal life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that probably speaks to being a life path number nine. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like that's where you're headed? Like after this life, what do you think happens? Um, I would like to like, manifest that in this life i would really like to subvert all the expectations of you know nature and just be completely supernatural and you know manifest some manifest some phoenix shit and just you know channel the cosmos into physical manifestation and all that yeah (laughs) how do we go about doing this i don't know yeah so So I've actually been, um, I don't really talk about this. I've been working on a, like a screenplay for years. Like the people in my family will tell you it's never coming out because I just (laughs) can't get my shit together. But, um, something I'm interested in is, uh, like the proximity to, um, like natural disasters and how that's like raw, power in the form of nature like unbridled energy and it's all you know like destructive form and how proximity to that can i don't know maybe awaken your sense of the primal forces of nature and then through that right so like a muscle it just uh it teaches you to be aware of of the most fundamental essence of the universe, which we are all made of. Mm. And then eventually maybe you can access that power um, purposely, deliberately, consciously. Ah, Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, some catastrophic society ending event could (laughs) compel me to (laughs) manifest the Phoenix Force, something like that. Yeah. Okay, okay. (laughs) I... Hmm. I want to get into your thoughts now that you're speaking about like manifesting, existing mm-hmm. in different realms and mm-hmm. supernatural powers. I want to get into your thoughts on the inner monologue and why some people do and why some people don't. How does your brain work? Do you have an inner monologue? Um, what is like literally happening inside your mind? on a day-to-day basis? So I had originally in the Discord said that I do have an internal monologue and I, yeah. I'll like speak in complete sentences like some other people yeah. have said they do. Like my, my silent speech is complete sentences. But the more I reflected on it, when I'm alone, <laughs> I talk out loud Really? Myself. Yeah, like I'll carry on complete conversations out loud. And I think that when I'm, when I'm having a silent internal monologue. It's not as it's not as structured as that. I think it's yeah. more just like pre-verbal thought. Sometimes I will have entire uh, silent speech sentences in my head, but usually when it's like that, it's out loud. What do you mean by silent speech? Like, what is that? So, like, if you were to look like open a book and read the words on the page. When you say the words out loud only in your head, that's the silent speech. Oh, that's my okay, understanding. Okay. Yeah, so I'm looking at the screen right now and I see your name and I'm saying Bobo yeah. out loud in my head. Okay. 
but speed reading from my understanding is to bypass that or perhaps never get to that point depending on how you want to look at it and you just like absorb the information yeah by looking at it okay i don't do that yeah like i've uh, i've approached it i've tried to approach it and i i get the sense that i could do it because my eyes are working faster than the silent speech in my head yeah i feel that way about my eyes too but yeah, i think so that I'll, that also might be maybe both of us read a lot and because of that we just read very quickly i don't think mm. i speed read but i think my reflexes if i see words on a page or if i see words anywhere i will just reflexively read them but yes yeah, yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yep. So <laughs> I'll often have to reread the same sentence three times mm. because my eyes are skipping ahead. Yes. And I'm like, slow down. Yeah. And read the words, please. Yeah. Okay. So you say you, when you're alone, you talk to yourself. Is that more yeah. of a dialogue or is that a monologue? Like when you say you're talking to yourself, who are you talking to exactly? Who is self? Um, I think sometimes, well, very often actually, it's me. I guess, making believe that there's an audience. I guess I'm really just speaking to the universe, like oh, the walls, okay. the, you know, like whoever's there. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm, you know, deliberately like playing out a scenario. Like if, if you piss me off, if I'm in the car and you, and you cut me off and endanger my life, I'm not gonna roll down my window and scream at you because that's not productive yeah, behavior. Yeah but I have the rage and I want to metabolize it. So I'll sit there and shout at you in my car <clears throat> and then envision what you would say back to me and, yeah, and go off yeah. of that. So I'm like playing out the scene if I didn't have any inhibitions or regard for the well-being of other oh, people. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this conversation reminds me of, have you heard of um, Wittgenstein's Beetle in the Box analogy? I have not. Ooh, okay, you'll love this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wittgenstein was, he was this like, I think Austrian British philosopher just back in the day, just an old white man, basically. Mm. <laughs> and he dealt a lot with language and the way his philosophy was oriented around language and the way that humans process language and how that affects the way that we relate to the world. So he has this analogy called the beetle in the box analogy. So suppose everyone has a box that only they can see into, but no one else can see inside anyone else's box. Each and every one of us can describe what we see in our own boxes as a beetle. So mm. I know what a beetle is from my own examination of what's inside my own box. And you know what a beetle is from your own examination of what's inside your box. And while we all talk about our beetles, they actually might be different things in everyone else's boxes because right. we all can only see inside our own box. Or right. perhaps there's nothing at all in some of the boxes. Um, yeah. The thing inside the box could be changing all the time. But basically, whatever is inside the box that we've all decided is a beetle could be anything. And yes. it, it actually, it has no part in what he calls the language game, which is just language. So basically, this analogy was pointing out that 
language is a private experience, despite the fact that we've been taught to believe and conditioned to believe that it is a shared experience. So for mm -hmm. example, I could tell you that I have a headache and right. you, your idea of what a headache is, is completely different from what my idea of a headache is because my experience of pain is privately experienced by me and only me. Yes. And so we have all of these shared words to describe experiences that aren't shared at all, to describe experiences that are actually very private. <laughs> Which is to say that we could all be existing in, and this is my argument for why there actually is no such thing as objective reality. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's yeah. if I wake up one day and I tell you I'm a cat, like you actually can't tell me that I'm not. Like if I, <laughs> yeah, if I tell you I'm a watermelon, how are you gonna tell me I'm not? Like You can't, bitch. You know what I mean? Bitch, you can't. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. my experience of reality is if my experience of reality is more synonymous or I relate to a watermelon more than I relate to you hoes, um, no one else can really tell me that that's not the case. So I think this, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> this analogy sort of like, how do I put it? It really makes us question like, what is reality? And like, what is the yes. point of language? If we're using words <laughs> to describe experiences that we want to be shared, but realistically we're not shared. Cannot be. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. I think it's just an, an attempt. Mm. You can't possibly encapsulate the totality of any experience that you ever have within something as rudimentary as language. Yeah. It's it's just a human attempt, right? Mm. I could point at the sun, right? If I'm a Neanderthal yeah. and I'm pointing at the sun, I could be trying to tell you, look, that's the sun. And you could be thinking, he's saying look that's the sky right right because the sun is in the sky yeah. and this whole like all of language could actually be predicated upon like a very first misunderstanding <laughs> like, <there's, laughs> like who knows yeah right so it's like i think having the understanding of that beetle in the box analogy mm. speaks to so many things one of them being the conversation that you had with oh my roman yeah yeah. Roman about how he thinks that um, life is just extraordinary. It's just amazing that out of all the possibilities for things to happen or not happen, yeah. this one happened on this planet. Yeah. I think that the idea that I'm having my own unique experience and you're having your own unique experience where everything is potentially completely wildly different is fascinating. Yeah. No, I agree with like, that entirely. Yeah. When I'm in like a resting place, when I'm not like agitated or emotionally heated or charged, and I'm just like beholding other humans, it's a very beautiful experience. Mm, yeah, because you can really appreciate like this is this is insane. Yeah, this is a very trippy, magical, like elevating experience. If you can get to that, if you can get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also makes me question, and this was another conversation we were having in the Discord the other day. We were talking about love and understanding, and someone asked, would you rather be loved or would you rather be understood? 
And my answer was, I think it's impossible to understand anyone, let alone understand yourself. And one of those reasons is because none of us share realities. So if I don't share a reality with anyone else, it's just a a really tall order to ask or expect anyone to understand me at all. Because like you said, I could be looking at a banana and I say this banana is yellow. But my experience of yellow is completely different from someone else's experience of yellow. So actually, we're not even seeing the same color. We're just using right. the same word to describe two different colors. Yep. Um, and I think that that is basically what reality is entirely, which is also why I'm very against the idea of the self. I think it's mm. incoherent and I think it's very distracting. <laughs> if it were up to me, I would just take off my skin suit and just be like a watermelon one day, a mango the next day. You know, like that's just a lot yes. more productive. Right. Um, and a lot more accurate to like how reality really is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm quite against the idea of the self I'm against attaching to identities because I just think what's the point of me even identifying as black if Mm. my experience (laughs) of black is only mine like what exactly am I yeah so many people right now are screaming at you (laughs) cancel this hoe cancel this bitch right now they are mad they really are are mad (laughs) Listen, I love it though. <laughs> I know, um, you know. But I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean, I think having this conversation is how you know that this is your last life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> because you're so you're I'm so far removed <laughs> yeah. from from playing this game because that's it I really think game. that's what this is. Mm. It's all just a game. It's the universe experiencing itself. Ooh. And when you when you zoom all the way out, nothing matters yeah it's just for the experience of it all yeah. so things like um i actually typed this out i should just go find it on my phone so that i don't have to fumble for the words yeah. but um what did i say okay so i i believe that there's no inherent value anywhere in all of existence okay which then by default means that if value can be found anywhere it is self-imposed by value do you mean meaning yeah value meaning purpose you get to decide yeah okay because none of it's real anyway diamonds aren't precious stones because that's the natural order of things yeah. diamonds are precious stones because someone decided they liked them yeah and then <laughs> centuries later yeah. society has spiraled into a shared appreciation for shiny rocks facts right but right so diamonds predate humans mm. so what then? Who was around to decide that diamonds were precious stones? No one, yeah. because they're not precious stones. Exactly. They're precious stones to you. <laughs> yes. Everything is relative. Yeah. Everything is subjective. Absolutism is an illusion. Ooh, get into and- it. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where, for me, that's where the picture really starts to fill in. Yeah. I believe that human beings are the universe made self-aware. Mm. We are the universe experiencing itself. Yeah. Um, and in all of its omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence, the universe said, let me fracture off a piece, a few pieces of myself mm. and let them play and see what happens. Yeah. And that's what all of this is. There's no purpose to anyone's life. No one is here to save someone or change the world or solve a mystery. Yeah. We're here for the experience, self-expression and the exploration 
um, are the only real points to anything. Ooh. So things like saving someone and changing the world and solving a mystery are just ways we've come up with to, make to entertain lives. ourselves. Yeah, to make life more tolerable. Okay, can I yeah. ask you a um, somewhat controversial question? Please. So have you read The Stranger by Albert Camus? I feel so... <laughs> so basic no. I feel like such a bum because every time I listen to your podcast you, you, you talk about all these books and I'm like I really should read more because I don't know any of these references oh my god no I just waste all my time just reading because I'm like what else am I gonna do on the spinning right. rock where nothing is meaningful um, yeah. but basically I actually haven't even read the full book because I have no attention span yeah. but um, basically in the book The Stranger it's a book about absurdism by mm -hmm. my dad Albert Camus yes, and shout out. yeah so there's a character in the book who decides he's gonna go outside and he's just gonna shoot everyone because mm. like yeah he's like <laughs> so I've thought about this not like actually doing it but I'm pretty sure that wherever this is going I've thought about it yeah, so keep going. I'm so excited I'm so excited. Yeah, so basically he goes outside and he's like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm just gonna shoot up this entire spot because nothing matters anyway. Like, everything is absurd. If I go outside and I shoot five people, why does it matter? None of us right. have value or meaning or purpose. What difference does it make if I'm Nelson Mandela or if I'm Ted Bundy? And how do you... I think this is where a lot of people get stuck with the idea mm -hmm. of like meaninglessness and purpose. How do you reconcile yeah. morality and the inherent absurd meaninglessness mm -hmm. of existence? <laughs> How do you justify doing anything good for anyone else when you know that nothing matters? Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically just what feels good mm. it, it just so happens that the way human beings are designed is that uh certain things feel good and certain things don't because you can't get away from the desire to feel good yeah even facts. when you do something like self-harm yeah it's because you think that doing so is going to give you some sort of relief which feels better than despair mm, okay. right it's always it's not necessary that you are tapped into the desire to be happy but you are at least tapped into the desire to feel good or better. Yeah, no, I agree. So you can't escape that. Yeah. So the idea is just to um, practice mindfulness and figure out what it is that works for you in terms of feeling good yeah. or better or happy. And most of us, when we've you know peeled back the you know enough of the curtains, come to the understanding that. Um, community feels good, caring about other people feels good, empathy feels good, certain things do feel good. Right, um, right. And and certain things allow you for, they allow for improved states of well-being in your life. Um, it It's foolish to say that vengeance doesn't feel good. Yeah. It does. It does. If someone kills your mother and then you want to go kill them that's going to bring you a certain level of relief gratification yeah. and relief and release but <clears throat> if you've paid attention to what happens to other people who enact violence and vengeful murder it doesn't work out very well for you in the long run right it gives you an immediate sense of gratification but after that especially in you know modern day society there are repercussions so do you really want to have that you know 
I don't know, 24 hours of bliss or however long it lasts, yeah. then you're going to be spending the rest of your life in prison or on the run from prison. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not to say that, you know, vengeful murder <clears throat> is inherently wrong. And this is where people are like, well, I'm signing off because yeah. <laughs> this is totally against my morality. You're encouraging murder. I'm just saying because nothing matters yeah. and you get to decide if you really don't mind being in prison, being Bonnie and Clyde on the run from prison, yeah. or being on death row and having your life ended shortly after you get your v revenge, then go for it. Right, right. Because <clears throat> morality, re re like big picture, morality really is an illusion. Yeah, no, it is. And so you can't really <laughs> say that there's anything good or bad or right or wrong. There's really nothing to cling to. Mm. There's nothing to cling to and there's nothing to um, refuse or or dismiss or eliminate. Yeah. So I think that brings, it can bring a certain level of deep peace. Um, also, because we're all the universe experiencing itself, I don't think there really is anything, and any, there's nothing there's no such thing. Wow, that took <laughs> that took a long time. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, that's true. There's no <laughs> there's no such thing as um like like wrongdoing. Ah, if if I yeah. if I cut off my pinky, yeah, you you can't be mad at me. Like you can't put me in prison for that. I haven't broken the law because it's my pinky, right. and it's not my pinky by way of ownership. It's my pinky by way of state of being. It's a part of me. Okay. My pinky is, I am my pinky and my pinky is me. And we're all the universe. So if I were to shoot you or abuse you in any way, it's really just the universe cutting off its own pinky. Mm, okay. So how can you tell me that's wrong? It's really like big picture. It's not. No, I, but I zoomed yeah. in or like a little further zoomed in, it feels bad because we're under the illusion of separation, which makes way for the illusion of the self and all this other, all these other things, yeah. but it's all just play. Yeah. Right. The universe is getting a kick out of watching, <laughs> watching it's like it's children run around like chickens with their heads cut yeah. off because people want to shoot people up and people don't want to shoot yeah. people up. Yeah. No facts. And, um, I think maybe we should reel it back just a little bit just so we can clarify what you mean when you say that the universe we are just the universe experiencing itself mm -hmm. by way of it fracturing itself so like my understanding of what you say that because i hold the same belief but correct me if i'm wrong mm -hmm. is that basically every single one of us is god so i'm god yes. you're god all of us are just one god and God is just, he's a nigga sitting in the 12th dimension, <laughs> just being omnipotent and omniscient and just being all powerful, all knowing, all the things. And then he's like, this is really boring, actually. Um, there's no point in me being alive if I'm gonna know everything that's gonna happen, if I'm gonna be able to do everything. So actually, let me break myself up into eight billion little niggas and let me take away their powers of omniscience and omnipotent and let me experience what it's like to be a fragile small small insignificant being 
to give my own life some meat, like just so my my life has some meaning, just so like I'm not so bored sitting up here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's more or less. And now here we are. My, yeah. 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 Yeah, more or less. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, if you really want to be crass about it, you could say that all of existence, like conscious existence, organic life is the biggest act of narcissism. Mm. Wait, what do you mean by And when you say that, do, because you, it's, do you mean that God is a narcissist? I don't really think that way, yeah. but it's a take. It's a hot take <laughs> that you could have. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be gra- like it would be justified, warranted. You could like you made some points. Yeah. Maybe you don't agree with yeah. it, but there's evidence to back that up because the unit like why do you need to create parts of yourself? so that you can appreciate yourself. It's narcissism. Oh, interesting. I just <clears throat> saw it as like boredom. Like I'm so bored Maybe. being old powerful. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And not dying. Well, yeah, yeah. I think because of my, maybe some of the more specific aspects of my spiritual beliefs lend itself to the idea that it's, or lend themselves mm. to the idea that this is narcissism. So I believe that <clears throat> Your ego is the essence of separation. Yeah. Your soul is the essence of oneness. So okay. even though you've been fractured and now you are based kind of you come into this world not really aware of your God consciousness. Mm. And then even though that's the case, you have a certain sense of oneness. It's there. So what we were um, just recently, I think it was yesterday or the day before that, my sense of time is shocked. <laughs> Same. <laughs> just recently discussing in the Discord was empathy and whether or not it's innate. Mm. <clears throat> and I was saying, like relating it to spirituality, I was saying that I think most people come here with uh, hardware, which would be your body. Mm. Um. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. So I, <laughs> I said that that it's that um, it's like sound. It's like music. Mm. Uh, if your ego is turned too high up, then you can't hear your soul, and oh, vice versa. Oh, that's such a good and oh wait, I'm spiraling. Wow. Right, and so then your your body would be your radio or your sound system. It's your hardware. Um, Listening to Lil Baby in in a 1989 yeah, Toyota Camry yeah. sounds very different than listening to Lil Baby in the studio because the hardware is different. Yeah. Some hardware is built to favor bass. Some hardware is built to favor treble or mids or you know anything like that. So I think most humans come here with hardware that is built to favor the ego, since that's the whole point of you incarnating as a human anyway it's the illusion of separation which is the essence of your ego so the whole the whole point is that so your body comes here prepared for that particular experience yeah and then as you grow um you also grow hardware that favors the soul and that balances you out so that okay. your your levels are on an, a more equal playing field yeah i think when you move too far in the direction of the ego, you experience turmoil because I think the human oh, experience. Yeah, I think the human experience is really about um, balance, remembering balance. Yes, but more so remembering your soul. So remembering your oneness, remembering the fact that you actually are God consciousness. Mm, why though? Like, why would? So my understanding is like, if God put us here in order to experience. 
yeah, just in order to fully experience what it's like to not have infinite powers and what it's like to die and what it's like to be creating your reality as opposed to just being reality. Yeah, just being reality. Like, then what would be the point of then remembering that you're, wouldn't that defeat the purpose? If, if he brought us here to forget our mm-hmm. power and then we remember our powers, doesn't that defeat the purpose of him bringing us here? Thank you for listening to the first half of this conversation. If you're interested in listening to the rest of this conversation, you will find it on Patreon. So please support my Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Bobo's Void, or you can just click on the link in the description box below. If you enjoyed this conversation, I'll be having so many more of these types of conversation with different friends, with different strangers, with all types of interesting people, and sometimes just conversing with myself. If you are interested in philosophy, politics, race, all the things, I'll be hosting all the conversations on my Patreon. So patreon.com slash Bobo's Void or just click on the description box below and support me. Thank you.